Well, I get a message today, today, and if you like taking notes, if you're online today, I reckon you get special points if you take notes online as well. Uh, in Tuaco, if you're with us today, we're so, uh, we love having you, and we're just excited about getting that campus back up and running. But with them changing the border, we've got some people on one part of the border that come to our Tuaco gathering, and some people on the other side. And so we're just going to take a few more weeks to work out how we can do that at the best as well. But the message today is called The Parable of Jacob's Watch. And if you're a scholar here today, you're saying, I've never heard about Jacob's Watch in the Bible. Well, then you're going to have to listen and you're going to have to pay attention today. It says this in 2 Kings 6 and verse 11. It says, uh, it's talking about how Aram's king was trying to attack God's people. And every time he did that, uh, when he got there, uh, either the, uh, Israel knew that what was about to happen or they were not where they thought they were meant to be. And so we pick up the scripture and it says, uh, Aram's king became greatly angered by this. He gathered his servants together. Which one of you has betrayed me and sided with Israel's king? It is none of us, my lord the king, uh, and king. The prophet Elisha, who lives in Israel, is the one who informs Israel king of these things. Elisha somehow knows everything you say, even the secret things you whisper in your private chambers. Find Elisha right away so that I may capture him. The servants found Elisha and informed the Aram's, ki- uh, Aram's king, Elisha is in Dotham. So uh, Aram's king dispatched a great army of warriors, along with many horses and chariots, and they encircled the city of Dotham at night. The servant of the man of God woke up early and went outside. There, There he saw a great army, along with many horses and chariots encircling Dotham. Our master, what are we going to do now? I feel like his voice would have been a little bit higher and a little bit more panicked than what we read here, yeah? You guys, you're just so... <laughs> Stick with it. But the people online know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, Master, what are, they, what are we going to do now? Elisha says, Have no fear. We have more on our side than they do. God, I ask you to allow my servant to see heavenly realities. The Lord awakened Elisha's servant so that he could see. And this is what he saw. The mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And when the enemy approached Elisha, he prayed, Lord, I ask you to blind these people, this great army. And the Lord blinded them, but Elisha, uh, just as Elisha had requested. And then Elisha said to the blind army, these are not the droids that you're looking for. No, he said, you are wrong, and this is not the, play, uh, the path uh, in the wrong city. I will lead you to in person you, uh, to the person you are really after. And Elisha then led them to Samaria. Elisha, arriving in Samaria, said, O oh Lord, I ask you to allow these men to see. And the Lord awakened the men so that they could see. And this is what they saw. They saw they were in Samaria, and the king of Israel saw them. This is an amazing story. This is one of those stories that you go, man, if I could just have one of these in my life, I would feel like that was pretty amazing. Saying, let, let him see, 
like I see. I just think that's cool. A moment where you are totally surrounded. Could you imagine a servant for a moment? He wakes up in the morning. He goes out to go to the bathroom. And there's like the stormtroopers on this side. Yeah, and there's an army on this side and he checks out the back window and he's surrounded by the great army. This king was so frustrated with Elisha that he didn't just send a few men, he sent a vast army to surround one. The enemy knows that when that you are working in tandem with God and with the principle of partnering with the plan that God has in store for us, that he has to send a whole army. And the servant walks out and goes, whoop, and walks back in and wakes up the, the, the prophet and says, hey, 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 we're in trouble here. And the prophet says to him, uh, uh, the prophet says to him, don't worry, there's more with us than there is with him. And he's thinking, wake up, mate. You're like, what have you been, what have you been doing? I just walked out there. And then the next moment happens where he declares that you can see like I can see. Who would like to see like Elisha? Seven people, amazing. We're in the right place here today. What about online? Would you like to see like Elisha? I want to see like Elisha. I want to see what God's up to, not what the enemy's up to. I want to be declaring and praising and helping other people to see what God's up to and not what the enemy's up to. And I see this, this story and I think this is amazing. I mean, there's so much, many things in the story. I ask you these questions. Is this text about how amazing Elisha is? Is this text about the servant? Is it about Israel? Is it about the king of Aram? Well, what I've discovered is this story is about God. This, this story is about how good God is and how faithful God is. And in any situation, even overwhelming situation, that God is the answer. This message is packed with so many revelations. Who betrays evil? God. That's what it says in the scripture. Who foils the enemy's plan? The Lord. Those who were sent to capture became captured. The enemy who tries to surround God's people ends up being surrounded. I like that one. That's a cool thought. Fear gives way to triumph. Vision comes when you call out to God. When God awakens us, our future is transformed. When the enemy approaches, Elisha prays. Someone needs to write that down. When the enemy approaches, pray. Pray to see like Elisha would see. The Lord blinds the enemy and the enemy's plans are redirected by God. That's just, if you're a preacher here today, I just gave you like 10 titles. God is greater than anything that comes against us. We're going to pray. Lord, we thank you that you're the answer. We need you. Help us to stop seeing what's in front of us and start seeing what you've got in store. Help us to see like Elisha. Lord, whether it's big or whether it's small, I want to see what you see. I want to come to you in every situation and ask you to be the answer. Help me, whether I'm brand new on this journey or whether I've been on this journey for a long time, long time to only see what you have in store we pray in Jesus' mighty name. A few years ago, uh, I was a youth pastor, a few years ago. Uh, I used to have black hair in those days, and, uh, and I lived in a place called Palmerston North, and it, something amazing happened in our youth ministry. It really exploded. And now, first, in a good way, not exploded, and it was like, 
God just did an amazing thing. We had hundreds and hundreds of young people come in. And our first thing of every year, what we would do is we'd pack everyone into buses and vans and we'd drive out to Himatangi Beach. I know you've never heard of it. It's not a destination that usually you go to, but we lived in Palmy and that was an upgrade from there. And uh, sorry if you're from Palmy. I lived there for a long time. And, um, and so we put all of these kids in the buses and vans and we went out to the beach and we went to this place that we called the Cauldron, Cauldron of Dreams. It was just amazing. The best thing about it was it was kind of like this big uh, open place like this and on either side, uh, every side was these sand dunes that would go up like this and this cauldron in the middle, this big, and we'd play all of these different games and they're like capture the flag and you'd have flags in different spots and, and you'd have to run down and up these sand dunes which is just hard work and funny and we'd have people throwing water bombs and a whole, there was just paintball guns and just a whole lot of chaos, it was just awesome. And we took all of these kids there and we had an amazing time but I need you to tell that one of the turns that day, we'd had a bit of a time reading the Bible today, and we'd read this verse, and we were talking about what would it be like to see like Elisha would see, right? And as the day went on, uh, we, we, we kind of got all, all of these, it was, it, was going, it was going really well, it was, it was like amazing first, first Friday night of the year, and then what you'd realise once you get a little bit of experience as a youth pastor, is you've got to have the kids home on time on the first night. Because if you don't, you're in trouble for the rest of the year. Write that down, Jay. I know you already got that. And, uh, and, if you t- and you don't want to tick off the parents on the first night. I mean, you'll get there, but not on the first night. And so we're trying to get all of the kids in the vans and the buses to get them home. And everything's going really well. And then this intern comes up to me and says, Steve, Jacob has lost his watch. Now, Jacob is a 13-year-old boy who has a watch that he got we found out later, in, a, in, a, in his Christmas stocking. It was worth 15 bucks. But you don't know Jacob's mum. Now, his dad boxed for the Commonwealth Games. In fact, he is uh, one of the trainers right now for our Commonwealth team. But I'm scared of his mum. There's eight children, and you know what this mum's like. And so he's the oldest of all the kids. All of these kids are going to come through youth. And, and, and so I said, hey, look, what I need you to do is you take a couple of people and go and find Jacob's watch and we're going to get everyone else home, right? Are you with me? Because we can't make everybody late for Jacob's watch. So he does that and we get rid of everybody. And then I'm walking up to this, uh, this area and I see there's about four or five people up on top of this hill. It's kind of going dark and we've got two torches. It's before the day where you had a, a torch on your phone. So we're kind of people looking around and I start walking up this massive sand dune. It would be higher than the corners up in, in this room. And, and as I'm walking up there, I'm just going, oh God, I don't know how we could ever find this. Because, you know, there's been hundreds of kids running over the sand. If it was there, who knows where it is now? You know what sand does? It just takes, it makes a mess everywhere. And so I'm walking up the thing and I'm like, oh God, please help us find this watch. And then the intern says to me, oh Steve, we've already prayed. And I felt like a little bit like, well, I'm praying like Elisha. And I said it out loud. I didn't mean to, but I was like, I'm praying like Elisha. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, what an idiot. And everyone's looking at me like, what do you mean, you egg? You know, like, and so I walk up to the top of this thing and I stand right on the point. The sand dune drops off here and it drops off here. And I'm standing there and I'm like, this is really, it's hopeless. There's, there's not much hope that anywhere around here that we could, I mean, they've been, they've been playing all over this place. And I'm standing here and I'm like, 
God, would you help me to find this watch? Like a light, would you, would you help me to see heaven realities right here? <laughs> and I, I turn around, I take one step, and I realize I don't have a torch. How am I going to see anything down there? And then I take the step, I pray, oh, God, I don't even have a torch. I can't even really see what, it, you know, it's kind of like, you know what it's like? It's dark and you can kind of see, but you can't see. And then I look down, and here's Jacob's watch. I picked it up and I was like, I felt like I just won a gold medal. Everyone's cheering. We think, think this is amazing. And I just thought it was incredible. And you know what? Out of all of the things that happened that year for me, amazing things that happened, that thing there totally shook my spirit. Because why would God care about a $10 watch at Himatangi Beach? What? Who cares? Apart from me, because I'm scared of his mum. <laughs> Who cares about a $10 watch? God. And why did it shake me so much? Because if he cares about that, then what else does he care about? If he cares about a Jacob's $10 watch at Himatangi Beach, then what prayer are you praying? And what do you need to see like Elisha sees? And what do you need to believe for? And what do you need to pull out and say, hey, I'm bringing this back again? Because if he cares about a small boy's watch, then he cares about everything that you pray about, everything you're believing for. And the reality is that, and I thought, and I, 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 I kind of went over and over in my head, actually, is, is the miracle always there, but I just can't see it? What's your small boy's watch? What's the thing like, it'd be great, but it's not really important. Time for you to pray about that thing again and ask to see how God would see it. What about this? Are the chariots of fire surrounding you all of the time? Like, do they ever go home? Do they have supper? Do they, like, have holidays and a break? Or are they there all of the time? We're praying for Pastor Ray. Do you walk out and see every part of the army that's here to surround you? Or do you look up and see that there's a chariots of fire, that there's an army of God, then that's never going away, and it's never having a break. And we stand on that side. Where do you stand? And where do our eyes need to be? What's your $10 watch prayer? Because I've got to tell you, that God wants to do so much more than that. If he cares about that, then I think that he cares about so much more. That this God would care about something seemingly so small, something so unimportant, that it, that it doesn't even require sometimes our prayers, but God cares about that and so much more. What's your $10 watch prayer? Maybe you're here today and say, hey, Steve, God did that for me. I was in the situation, I didn't know what to do, and God showed up. Well, he's trying to show you that he wants to do a $10 prayer for you. He's got a $10 miracle for you, a $10 boy's watch miracle for you, and he has so many more in store. I think that sometimes we, we kind of like go, oh, cool, well, well, Pastor Ray needs a miracle, so I don't want to overload heaven. You laugh, but you do it. Oh, don't worry about me. It's all right. Just pray for the kids. Don't worry about this. We'll just pray for that. No, no, no. There's not a lack in heaven. 
Whatever we pray for, come on, we're going to lift our eyes and believe for so much more. Do you know that Elisha's name meant that he, my God is salvation? That's what his name means. That his servant's name is the Valley of Vision. Elisha by name knew that God was his salvation. His name was, I know God's going to show up and do a miracle. Do you know what? I reckon you should change your name. That would really make it really tough for passport signing and all that kind of stuff. But in your head that God is for you and that God wants you, the miracles to happen in your life, you could change that core value inside of you. God wants to do something amazing through you in the small and through the large. Do you know what with Elisha? That he started off changing stews. He had one stew and he just did a stew miracle. I feel like that's a $10 watch miracle, you know? He did another miracle where, where he changed the, the, the taste of the water. I mean, that's kind of like a, you know, but then he went on to do, uh, raise people from the dead and, 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 and uh, surround whole armies and lead them uh, away from their plan. I reckon it's worth starting with a $10 watch prayer. I reckon that just maybe here today, we need to say that if the $10 watch is important for Steve on Himatangi Beach for a 13-year-old boy, then, man, my prayer's right up there. I want you to know that God is greater. If you're taking notes today, God is greater. God is greater than the enemy. God is greater than fear. God is greater than lack. God is greater than what the vision in front of you right now is. God is greater. If, 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 you, uh, if you're a bit of a scholar of the Bible, when I read that verse out, you would have quickly done something very uh, in your brain when you heard the word Dotham. There's a few times in the Bible where it talks about the wells at Dotham. There's two wells at Dotham. And so when you heard that, that, that uh, Elisha was at Dotham, you would have quickly hyperlinked the first one and you would have quickly hyperlinked the second time that it talks about it. The first one is when uh, Josh, uh, Joshua, no, Joseph, thank you, helping myself out here. Joseph gets abandoned by his brothers and thrown in a well. And the other one is the place where the lady uh, met Jesus at the well. They're both in Dotham and there's two wells and the the word uh, Dotham means the place of two wells. One is a place where, uh, where someone got abandoned and one was a place where hope and life and living water came. You know what I love about the story of, of, uh, of Joseph is? Is that Joseph was the one that was abandoned, but he never lived in that well. He always lived at this well. See, God is greater than whatever's gone on in your past. God's greater than anything that's been declared over your life. I mean, I just got to be honest about this. If my brothers had abandoned me like that, I don't know how, how I could get over that. That would really hurt. And Joseph never lived in that well. He always chose to live in this well. Which well do you live in? Online, which well do you live in? We get to choose every day. Do we live in the pain? Do we live in the fear? Do we live in the lack? Do we live in the disappointment? Do we live in the abandonment? Or do we live in a place of hope? See, the lady came, uh, spoke to Jesus at the well, and she said, hey, are you greater than Abraham or Jacob, the fathers of this well? And he goes, I was the person who put the water in the well. I was there when they needed a breakthrough. I am that well. If you knew who I was, you would ask for greater things. You would ask for greater things. 
See, God is greater. He, there's always two wells, church, that we get to decide which one we drink from. My question to you is, which well will you drink from? I'm not saying that your pain is not real pain. I'm not saying your abandonment is real abandonment. I'm just saying, which one are you going to drink from from the future? Because Jesus says, if you knew who I was, that you would ask a different prayer, that you would have a different question. And I want to declare that, that moving forward, that you would step into a whole new way. The second thing today is that God is stronger. Oh man, I've been learning about uh, history cosmology, so uh, ancient cosmologies and history, and how, how these guys believe that this God is this God, and so if this God is this God, what was the journey that they believe in? But you know, in, in the Hebrew culture, there's cosmology, which is out what we believe. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's our cosmology, right? That's our, our story about how God created and breathed life into the, into the planet. And so we understand that. Now, do you understand that in every other cosmology, the, the, the God has to fight with darkness? And the God has to fight with water? And the God has to fight with the sun? I mean, you just think of a couple of different ones where there's always these fights about that. In fact, one, uh, one people's cosmology, they prayed all night, every night, so that their God would have enough strength to get the sun up in the morning. That just sounds tiring. Our God just said, let there be light. That was it. There was no fight. He said, water separate from waters. That was it. It was done. He said, son, you're just going to do what I tell you to do and put the sun and stars and the moon and the seasons in the sky. I mean, that's the God that we serve. He's stronger. Whatever God that people will say, our God is stronger. He's not trying to fight that. I love that because what God does, even in this situation, is God doesn't declare how bad the army is. He just shows his army. God doesn't say how bad darkness is. He just turns on the light. I mean, have you ever done that, walked into a room and it's been pitch black? Sometimes in this room, it's pretty dark in here at nighttime. And you walk in here and you don't walk in here and go, darkness, you're so bad. Oh, evil, you're, you're evil darkness, and I'm just, I'm casting. No, you just turn that little button on, and lights come on. God's stronger. I know you say, that's silly, Steve, but how often do we talk about all of the bad things when we could just turn on the light? And that's what our God does. He is stronger. He's a stronger God. He, he, he doesn't fight. He, he, it talks about that he does love conquers all. Love is stronger than death. Love is stronger than sin. Love is stronger than doubt. Love is stronger than fear. That's the God that we serve. And God is a healer. If we could have the band up, that would be awesome. God is healer. He's our healer. His miracles are not limited miracles. He heals and he saves and he sets free. He gives opportunities for us to see God move every day. God is a God of, a, of Jacob's watch, but he's also a God of what you need right now. There's a host of, of his army ready to wait and we forget to see how he sees. We forget to see how he sees. I remember the first time that God spoke to me about, about healing. I didn't even know what that was. I was not brought up in a church where people got up and prayed for healing and did that. And so I was, I was leading worship at the time. I know how terrible that sounds. I'm pleased you're not here. I mean, if I'm leading worship, we're really in trouble. And I was leading worship and God said, uh, there's a power to heal in this place. Maybe he just wanted the worship to be over. Stop, be stopped singing for a moment. 
And I didn't even know what that was. I was like, what's that mean? But I just knew that something was, was different. And, and I said, so what do I do now? Not out loud, but in my head. You know, you with me? And God said, there's someone here that needs to be healed of an elbow. And I was like, okay. Stopped the meeting. Didn't have anyone smart like that playing nice music in the background. It was just like, don't do it. And I said, I really feel like today there's someone in this room that's got a problem with the elbow and I feel like God says he wants to heal it. Awkward. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, I forgot to ask him what I do next. You know, like, and then these two guys came to the front and I was like, I thought you said one. <laughs> you know, like, is there enough for two? Two for one deal? I don't know. You know, like, and then I was like, I don't know what to do. So I just said to everyone, hey, can we pray for these guys? Everyone just pray. I don't know if I had enough faith, but surely but amongst all of us, we've got enough. We only need as much as the mustard seed, by the way. Surely we've got that much. And so we prayed for these guys and both got healed. The guy on this side, he was trying to be a, a helicopter pilot in the Air Force. And he was going for an operation on his elbow and he had a 50% chance of it coming right. That's really bad odds, by the way. If you have an operation, it's a 50-50. And he was totally healed. I mean, that was a bit better than a $10 boy's watch. But you know what? Over time, if you start to see yourself like Elisha saw himself, as God is my salvation, God shows up again and again and again and again and again. Asthma, gone. Eczema, gone. Do you know what? In three months, we saw three people healed of terminal cancer. Three months, three people. You say, well, come on, we could have had six. Well, yeah, let's believe that. Yeah, that's awesome. Come on, if you're, if you're believing for someone to be healed of cancer, that's definitely God. Can I take you back a little bit? Is this story about Elisha? No, it's about God. Is our Bible about people? Kind of, but it's about God. And that God wants to do a miracle through you. He wants us to partner with Him and see how He sees and help others around us see how He sees so that He can outwork the plan. There is an army of the enemy trying to surround us and God can surround that army. Come on again, give God a great big hand. I'm getting too excited. I'm gonna lose my voice in one gathering. I'm gonna ask you the question, what's your parable of the watch? What's your one? Bring it out, dust it off, start telling people about it. We planted a church once and I just made a decision I was gonna declare miracles every Sunday. The problem was we only had one for about two months. So every Sunday we talked about the same one because I was like, God, you're gonna give us another one. I'm just gonna keep going until you get annoyed about how little we have. What's your, what's your, what's your $10 watch? What are, you, are you believing for just a small miracle? What is it? Write it down if you're at home. Write it down if you're here. Come on. We, I mean, we read these things and we're inspired, but come on, there's people like the servant around us that need you to believe and see how God sees. The second one is, who are you beside that can inspire godly vision in you? That servant would have got caught that day if it wasn't for someone else that taught him to see how God saw. Who's in your life that can teach you to see how God sees? That's why here we have Activate Groups. 
That's why we have men's groups. That's why we have prayer groups. That's why we have Activate, activate Education. That's why we have teams here. Do you know when you're part of a team, it puts the pressure on you way faster and you need someone else to help you to be able to see what God's doing. If, you don't have, if you're not in any of those, I'm worried for you because there's somebody that can help you to see bigger things for your life, bigger prayers. Oh, it's amazing when, well, it's not amazing, but when people go through hard times and they're in an activate group and they turn to the people around them and then we all see a miracle together. When teams, someone's going through a hard time and someone says, hey, can you just pray for me? And we all gather around and we all see something amazing happen. What are we starting to see? We are seeing heaven's reality rather than what we're seeing on earth right now. And you need to get part of one. There's a third one is, when was the last time you asked God to give me eyes to see what you see? Would you stand with us all over the room? If you're at home, it might be a bit awkward to stand, but if you can, come on, why don't you join us as well? If you're in a cafe, it might be a little bit weird. When was the last time you asked God to give me eyes to see how you see? Guys, I know that it's been a big year. It's been a big few years. There's been a whole lot of changes, but I think this was a change. And I love it. When the enemy came against him, Elisha prayed. And he prayed that God would give his servant eyes to see how he would see. I'm going to pray a prayer that you would start to see how God would see. For your family, there's someone here right now and your family's a mess right now. Maybe that's you online. Your family's just not in a good spot. Your family's amazing, it's just not in a great spot. And we're going to pray and believe that God would start to give vision of what he would see. It's really important in this verse, in the scripture. And if you like reading scripture, go back and read it again. It says that he awakened the servant's eyes so that he could see. But did you notice with the enemy later on, he also awakened their eyes as well. They didn't even know God. And they got to see what God was doing. So what do you need your eyes to be open to? Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your future. Something all of a sudden is like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm surrounded by doubt right now. Whatever it is, we're going to pray this prayer and I'd love to pray with you. So if you've got that in your head right now, you've got something that you're saying, God, I need to be able to see how you can see. We're going to pray. Mighty God, we declare today, just like Elisha would say, that you would help the servants to see how you see, Lord. Lord, we pray, Father God, we would see heaven realities on earth right now. We declare over our families, Lord, over our business, Lord, over our children, Lord, over our futures, Lord, over our health, Lord, over our job situations, whatever it is, we declare today, Lord, that we would be able to see how you would see, even to a point where we could help others see what you see. We declare today, Lord, we're not just talking about the enemy. We're not just talking about how dark it is. In fact, we're declaring it's time to turn on the light. It's time to see hope come. It's time to see a breakthrough take place in my life, Lord. We declare today that you are the answer, Lord. We declare today that you are our hope, Lord. And we pray breakthrough come on my life. In Jesus' mighty name we declare. And while every year, come on, give God a great big hand.